MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, December 7th, 2021. Today, Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, is cooperating with the 1-6 committee. The Justice Department has sued Texas over racist redistricting. The depositions for Nick Luna and Mike Flynn have been postponed. Devin Nunes announces he'll be resigning from Congress this month to run Trump's new media company. We have Jeff Stein joining us to discuss a new HBO documentary called The Forever Prisoner. Biden is readying sanctions against Russia and text messages show Kimberly Guilfoyle bragged about raising millions for the Ellipse rally. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Wow, that's a lot of news today. And it's what is it? Is it Monday today? Yeah. Oh, for no, it's Tuesday. Well, right. But yeah, in, in time travel. Oh, right. see, this is what you do to me that I get confused. I'm like, do I answer the belief, the pretend or the real answer? What are we doing? But like, if that's the news that came out on a Monday, Friday Ugh. is going to be bananas. Bananas. Banana pants. So yeah, we're having a Friday news dump on a Monday. So the breaking news, that which is not, which I just had to basically throw into the script last minute, is that Mark Short, that's Pence's former chief of staff, is cooperating with the January 6th committee. Now, I don't know if he's cooper faking, which is a term I'm stealing from sisters-in-law and their podcast, my friends over at that podcast. I don't know if he's cooper faking, like like <laughs> like sort of uh, Meadows is, you know, and, or Jeffrey Clark, who's kind of here and then sick. I don't know if they're just delaying or if he's actually being a little more forthcoming. According to sources at CNN, he is being more cooperative than some of the other recalcitrant witnesses. And we'll see what happens. I'm especially interested since that scoop that I dropped on November 9th, which still hasn't been picked up by the mainstream media, that Pence and his staff and his team had their badges deactivated the morning of the insurrection. And that's why they were hiding out, laying low in a, in a parking garage loading dock, trying to discuss the 25th Amendment. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens with that cooperation and that story. Of course, we are not going to get public testimony probably till February, March, maybe. But again, right along the same timeline as Watergate and far more complex. So they are working very, very quickly on that January 6th committee. And later in the show, we'll be talking to the host of the Spy Talk podcast about his write up on The Forever Prisoner, which is a documentary that just debuted on HBO last night, Monday night. So I encourage everybody to listen to that interview and, and watch that really chilling documentary on torture in the CIA. Goodness, that is a lot. And we haven't even gotten to the news yet. No. And, and there's a couple of other things that, that got thrown into the headlines. Of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we talked about that Mark Short thing before we got to the actual hot notes. But we, we did it. And so now we can we can move on. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Justice Department sued Texas on Monday over the state's plan to redraw its voting districts, saying the plan enacted by the Republican led legislature diluted the significance of ballots cast by black and Latino voters, essentially making their votes count for less than those of their fellow citizens. In announcing the suit, Attorney General Merrick Garland said that the redistricting plan in Texas that they voted for violates Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, which is still in place even after it was gutted in 2013. 
And Section 2 says that voters cannot be denied equal access to the political process based on their race or ethnicity. Texas's redistricting plan, quote, denies black and Latino voters the equal opportunity to participate in the election process. And some aspects of the plan were created with discriminatory intent. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta said that after Merrick Garland spoke at a news conference to announce the lawsuit. Gupta said the Texas plan was enacted after a rushed process that provided minimal opportunities for public comment and no public testimony. The DOJ lawsuit comes as Biden and congressional Democrats face sustained pressure to combat Republican state legislatures around the nation that have sought to curb voting access. Mr. Garland said the Biden administration has only a limited ability to keep states from enacting discriminatory voting laws, even though the Justice Department has prioritized the issue and doubled its enforcement staff. And that's because of the 2013 Supreme Court decision that ended the department's authority to approve or deny voting laws and redistricting plans before they go into effect. And even though the Justice Department has previously sued Texas, as well as Georgia, over their voting laws that limit ballot access and filed statements of interest in lawsuits brought by plaintiffs in Florida and Arizona about laws in those states, those new statutes could be in effect for multiple election cycles before the courts decide whether or not they're constitutional. He has asked Congress to restore that authority to the Justice Department and said the Texas redistricting plan and other measures that the administration believes curbs minority access to the ballot box would not have been enacted if the department had that authority. We wouldn't be here suing them if we had that preclearance measure. And Andrew Torres and I are going to go over the lawsuit in depth on tomorrow's Cleanup on Aisle 45 podcast. So stay tuned for that. Fantastic. And you've told me this, AG, the best is yet to come. And here, (laughs) here is part of that. Kimberly Guilfoyle, who, as we know, is a top fundraiser and screamer at the Republican National Convention. She's also the girlfriend of the son of the former guy. She's the girlfriend of Don Jr., Lots of other rumors about her, but we'll stick to the facts. She boasted to a GOP operative that she had raised $3 million for the rally that helped fuel the January 6th Capitol riot. Now, in a series of text messages sent on January 4th to Katrina Pearson, who at the time was the White House liaison to the event, the event, I love how they called the event, Guilfoyle detailed her fundraising efforts and supported a push to get far-right speakers on the stage alongside Donald for the rally which sought to overturn the presidential election. Now, now Guilfoyle's texts, which were reviewed by ProPublica, they represent the strongest indication yet that members of the Trump family, that circle, they were directly involved in the financing and organization of this rally. I can't call it a rally, this insurrection. I know it's a rally that led to it, but it's just frustrating. The attack on the Capitol, that, as we know, followed it, left five dead and scores injured after this rally. Now, a House Select Committee investigating the events of January 6th has subpoenaed. They've subpoenaed more than 30 Trump allies for testimony and documents, and that's including Pearson and Caroline Wren. And Caroline is a former deputy to Guilfoyle. But Guilfoyle herself has so far not received any official scrutiny from Congress. Interesting. Guilfoyle's attorney, Joe Tacopina, because that's what the last names do, Tacopina, he denied he denied that Guilfoyle had anything to do with fundraising or approving speakers. He said the text from Guilfoyle did not relate to the Save America rally. That was something mm. else. Yeah, it didn't relate to the January 6th. And quote, the content of the message itself was inaccurate and taking out of context. Mm. He did not respond to additional questions asking about the accuracy and context of the message. Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. Now, reached by phone, Pearson declined to comment. 
So the text messages show that Guilfoyle expressed specific concerns that she might not be allowed to speak. Dance. On stage at, what's it? Dance. Oh, <laughs> I was like, dance oh God, and, what did I say wrong? Yeah. Dance and yell. No, no dance, dance and yell. No. <laughs> she was going to be pissed that she wasn't allowed to dance on stage at the January 6th rally, <laughs> nor was she allowed to scream at everybody. Pearson responded that the former guy himself set the speaking lineup. So you get that? Pearson responded that Trump set the speaking lineup himself and that it was limited to people he selected, including some of his children and Amy Kremer, a grassroots activist who organized the event. Obviously, he does not consider Kimberly part of the family. <laughs> she, she, she fucked him. Gavin Newsom. He, <laughs> he, he's probably like still mad about that. Oh, probably. God. Guilfoyle replied that she only wanted to introduce Trump Jr. and had raised so much money for this. She was so excited. She just wanted to introduce her boyfriend because she had raised so much money, AG. Ooh. And then she put literally one of my donors, Julie, at three million. Hmm. That's what she said in the text message. Guilfoyle was referring to Julie Jenkins Fancelli. Fancelli. Fancelli? The Fertellis. Remember from Goonies? Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> Baby room. Okay. Guilfoyle was referring to Mama Fertelli. <laughs> I can't. I can't with this. Oh, my God. So Julie Jenkins. Fancelli. She's the Publix supermarket heir. Okay. So she's, she's a witch run from supermarkets who Guilfoyle had developed a professional rate. Like, her dad invented toaster strudel. <laughs> oh, my God. So they, they developed a professional relationship, just professional during the campaign, mind you. Okay? So now, until now, Ren has been the only person identified as having worked with Fancelli. As ProPublica reported last month, Ren also boasted in private conversations with colleagues about raising the $3 million for the events of January 6th. So she's, she's telling everyone, too, she did it. Now, it remains unclear whether that amount was really raised, first of all, and if so, how the majority of it was spent. I mean, where did that go? We should get Mama Fratelli to testify, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, to testify (laughs) who actually she paid that three million to, if it was Ren or uh, the Dancing Yeller. Oh, my God. I would love to know. I'd love to know. Now, some of the money that was raised from Fincelli flowed to dark money groups, actually. We know this. That supported the rally. And that's according to wire transfers described to ProPublica, planning documents and interviews with insiders. So we got all that information from people that were there. And there's receipts. There's receipts. Well, hats off to ProPublica for the Mama Fratelli, inventor of the toaster strudel scoop. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, one time Trump national security advisor, one time Trump. <laughs> I was a national security advisor once. Just once. Once. Like a half a Scaramucci. <laughs> I just had a couple things to say. <laughs> half a Scaramucci. Mike Flynn and the former president's personal assistant who were scheduled a body man, right? Nick Luna. They were scheduled to be deposed by the Congressional Committee Monday. They've been granted short postponements, and that's from a committee aide talking to CNN. The depositions were postponed as Flynn and Nick Luna engage, quote unquote, with the House Select Committee's investigation into January 6th, the aide said. Flynn was involved in a meeting about how the Trump campaign wanted to promote the lie that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. The committee's interest in Luna, who has been referred to as Trump's body man, stems from his close proximity to the former guy and to other White House officials. Thank you for that. Short but sweet. And this one is fabulous. (laughs) Can we get a cow sound? (laughs) 
Oh yeah, my God! We need some, we need some uh, cow herd uh, noises, please. All right. Now here we go. Republican Rep. Devin Nunes of California announced on Monday he'll leave the House in the coming weeks to become what? The CEO of the Trump Media and Technology Group. You heard that correct. And this is a direct quote from a letter to his constituents. I'm writing to let you know I've decided to pursue this opportunity and therefore I will be leaving the House of Representatives at the end of 2021. Now, moments after statement, the Trump Media and Technology Group, they also released its own statement saying Nunes would be its chief executive officer. So Nunes, <laughs> there's so much. He faced the threat of a, a more democratic district, as we know, through redistricting ahead of next year's midterms. So that means he was going to lose his fucking job. <laughs> He's a close ally of the former guy, as we know. He previously served as the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee when Republicans were in the majority, during which he led efforts among Trump's allies to discredit the FBI's Russia investigation and special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. We know that. And let's not forget, in 2016, when Julian Assange texted the Donald Jr. and said, uh, hey, Don, if your father loses, we think it's much more interesting if he does not concede and spends time challenging the media and other types of rigging that occurred as he, as implied, he might do. He also, he's much more likely to keep his base alive and energized this way, and he is going to start a new network showing how corrupt the old ones are is helpful. The discussion about the rigging can be transformative as it exposes media corruption, PAC corruption, etc. That was from Julian Assange, who texted mm -hmm. Don Jr. Before the, before the 2016 election. Correct. So this was in the plans for a while, people. And in a related story, the publicly traded company that plans to merge with former President Trump's media company, they're now under investigation by two federal <laughs> regulators. Of course they are, which have asked for stock trading information and communication. So Digital World Acquisition Corp., which goes by DWAC, they disclosed in an SEC filing that it had received, quote, certain preliminary fact-finding inquiries from the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority in late October and early November regarding stock trading tied to the merger agreement announced October 20th. So they, mm. everyone's already in a lot of fucking trouble over there. Separately, the SEC asked for information related to meetings of the company's board of directors, information on investors and communication. That's also according to the filing. So the company said the filing should not be construed as an indication that either agency has concluded that anyone violated the law. Don't, don't misunderstand us. Hmm. And spokespeople for the DWAC and Trump did not immediately respond Monday to requests for comment. Good fucking call, Devin. Don't say a word. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So Elizabeth Warren, you, we reported a couple weeks ago, Elizabeth Warren asked the SEC to look into this and bam, they did today. She, they uh, she's got a lot of power. I love a lot of power and a lot of energy. Yep. I do enjoy that woman. Yep. She is my favorite wonk. All right. We'll be right back with the host of Spy Talk, Jeff Stein, to discuss his latest piece about The Forever Prisoner, which premiered last night on HBO. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. We all want to live well and be perfectly at ease in comfort and style. And Hunter Douglas can help you do that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics and control systems so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Their shades diffuse harsh sunlight to cast a beautiful glow across the room and allow you to enjoy the view outside the window while protecting your privacy inside. Plus, the superior insulation the shades provide keep you warmer in winter 
and cooler in the summer. They lower your utility bills and help put less strain on our power grid. Then there's that Goldilocks moment when you walk into a room and everything just feels and looks right. And when you tap into Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. I think you'll really love the way your home looks and feels with Hunter Douglas. So live beautifully with Hunter Douglas and enjoy greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. You can visit HunterDouglas.com slash DailyBeans today for your free Style Gets Smarter design guide. And they have fresh takes, creative ideas, smart solutions, all for dressing your windows. That's HunterDouglas.com slash DailyBeans for your free design guide. And today's show is also brought to you by Monk Pack. If you're looking for a delicious, healthy snack that's actually satisfying, you should try Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars. They taste amazing. They contain just one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 140 calories. They're gluten-free, grain-free, plant-based, and non-GMO with no soy, no trans fats, no sugar alcohols, and no high-intensity sweeteners. And you don't have to be keto to love these, but they are keto-friendly. They're just also very healthy and delicious. I've been trying to eat better, and Monk Pack Keto Granola Bars have helped so much because they're a great healthy snack that fills you up, and they're satisfying. You know, you, you have that craving for something crunchy and delicious, but also soft and chewy. It's amazing. The Keto Granola Bars come in delicious flavors, too, like coconut, cocoa chip, peanut butter, and blueberry almond vanilla. My favorite right now is the coconut cocoa chip. I love coconut. I love the chewy texture. They're delicious with no high-intensity sweeteners or weird aftertastes or weird textures or anything like that. So try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for listeners. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it, they'll exchange it or refund your money, whichever you prefer. So there's no risk here. To get started, just go to monkpack, M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com. Select any product, enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout, and you'll save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Today, I am joined by the host of the Spy Talk podcast and uh, the author of the uh, Spy Talk Substack as well. Please welcome Jeff Stein. Hi, Jeff. Nice to be here again, as always. Yes, good to see you. Good to see you again. And I was really interested in this new piece that you've written that you uh, sent me. And this is in your Substack, which I I recommend everybody subscribe to this. And it's about a new HBO documentary on CIA torture. Tell us a little bit about this documentary. It's called The Forever Prisoner. And it revolves around the revolting case of the interrogation of Abu Zubaydah, an early, uh, one of the first pickups, the first pickup after the 911 attacks. He was held, he's still held in Guantanamo, which gives rise to the title. He was excruciatingly waterboarded and, and worse for weeks, months. And he's never been what the CIA proclaims him to be, a key al-Qaeda enabler of the 911 attacks, a key al-Qaeda figure, and so on and so forth. Nothing. Now, I have to say right off that like many journalists and probably human rights act advocates who have followed this case and this subject of torture for a long time, I kind of expected to be bored when I went to the screening the other night. Hmm. But I wasn't. It is a stupendous feat of documentary filmmaking. And it not only freshened in my mind the details of this horrendous enhanced interrogation program, but it presented it and new details in a way that seemed absolutely fresh. It was almost overpowering. I was with a friend who uh, had covered 
Guantanamo excesses for Time magazine. And we both looked each o- at each other when the lights came up and we went, my God, that was really something. So I really highly recommend it. It debuts on HBO Monday night, December 6th. That's tonight. And it'll be running for as long as people want to watch it, I guess. And I just highly recommend it. Uh, I think those who think they might be bored by the subject or exhausted is a a better word. I think uh, they'll be really quite surprised by what's in this film. And it's done by Alex Gibney, who has, you know, risen to become probably our finest documentary filmmaker in this generation. This is a CIA intelligence gathering program. NSA was involved as well. They picked him up overseas and hustled him off to uh, three black sites over time Mm. in which he was constantly waterboarded, put in a coffin, thrown up against the wall, essentially beaten to a point where he became a babbling idiot. The thing is, the key to this is that before that happened, two FBI agents led by by Ali Soufan, who's become a well-known name on this subject, interrogated him without physical pressure. They befriended him, if you will, in a classic uh, police FBI interrogation way by trying to establish a relationship with him to show him that they knew a lot about him and that he was going to be well taken care of and they wanted names. They wanted to know, first of all, if there's any indication of another attack impending on the United States. That was the real emergency at the time. Because after, in the weeks and months after 911, the CIA and other intelligence agencies were getting hints that al-Qaeda planned another blockbuster terrorist attack in the United States, one perhaps involving a nuclear weapon or dirty bomb. So there was panic here. And it was reasonable to be panicked at that time. Or at least it's understandable. Nobody knew what was going on. The the intelligence was uh, blurry. We didn't have any sources close to Osama bin Laden. So officials essentially were going nuts. And in the film, in The Forever Prisoner, Alex Gibney interviews Colin Powell's top aide and others who say, you know, it was so crazed in Washington with fear that we would be attacked again that we did a lot of stupid things, as they put it. Of course, one of them was invading Iraq. <laughs> yeah. Wrong country mm-hmm. in 2003. But we were mainly focused in Afghanistan, and we picked up Abu Zubaydah. And through false intelligence, fake news, if you will, he was thought of inside CIA as a top al-Qaeda official. And he, he just wasn't. He had a relationship with Osama bin Laden, but essentially he was an independent operator. He was a Palestinian, which makes a big difference here. So the FBI was doing very well with its interrogation, its non-physical interrogation of Abu Zubaydah, and word got back to CIA headquarters to the CIA director, George Stennett, and he became enraged (laughs) because it was the FBI that was, I mean, this is one of the, the astonishing things in the film. It's stuff that I I knew about before, but until I saw the interviews in the film and saw the documents arrayed in the film, her testimony, that it really hadn't sunk in. It hadn't really hit me on the side of the head 
that the CIA, one of the prime motivations for the CIA to bring in its own interrogators run by a total nutcase by the name of James Mitchell, this uh, contract psychologist who had never interrogated anybody. One of the prime motivations was that the CIA wanted to get credit for breaking this guy. And they were absolutely sure that Abu Zubaydah had not given up valuable information, that he had a lot more to say about impending attacks and about Osama bin Laden. And so where the FBI was making a lot of progress with him, they were, they were called off the case, and the CIA interrogators were sent in to implement this absolutely nutsy program of torture in which they didn't they deny this, but they really didn't get any useful information out of Abu Zubaydah uh, after the FBI. Yeah. And so right there, we're talking about a crazy house of counterterrorism activities. Yeah. And it seems like that that that's weird, that like interagency beef. I, I want to talk a little bit more about that in these interrogation techniques, uh, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. Great. Everybody will be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Beans. Loyal listeners know I'm obsessed with playing Best Fiends year-round, but I especially love it during the holidays. It's a perfect pick-me-up when I need a break from the holiday action. My Best Fiends game is an entertaining and engaging way to keep my mind sharp while having so much fun and a, a nice needed distraction from stress. It's really fun. Best Fiends has it all. It's a captivating storyline, collectible friends, beautiful visuals, great music, tons of fun puzzles, and I can't put it down. It's quite possibly the best puzzle game out there. The best part is you don't need Wi-Fi to play it. Play Best Fiends wherever and whenever you want with offline mode. So even if your holiday travels take you off the beaten path, you can still play Best Fiends. It's my favorite mobile game because it's always interesting and challenging. You know, I'm at level like 3,800 or something. And climbing because Best Fiends has literally thousands of levels with more added all the time. So there's always a fresh challenge waiting for you when you need a mental pick-me-up. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And today's show is also brought to you by Upstart. What would you do if you didn't have to pay off your high credit card debt every month anymore? And with Upstart, you can start doing that. You can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your life. Make that final payment. You know, you make those minimum payments and the, the balance doesn't change because the interest is so high. And it's easy to pay off your debt with an online personal loan with Upstart. Over a million people have done it and they've consolidated their high interest debt, paid off credit cards, student loans. They fund personal expenses with one low fixed monthly payment because Upstart looks beyond your credit score. You're more than just a number to them. And they can find you a better loan rate with their trusted partners by considering other factors like your income, employment, employment history, credit history. And you can check your rate right now for free without impacting your credit score in just minutes. And that's for loans between one to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after your acceptance of your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. And please use our URL. That way they will know that we sent you. And your loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and other certain information you provide in your loan application. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with the host of Spy Talk, the podcast, and he writes for his uh, Substack, which is just absolutely amazing. And this is your review of The Forever Prisoner, which uh, premieres on uh, HBO last night, Monday, December 6th. And before the break, we were talking about these, you know, the CIA wanted to get the caller right. And so they the FBI interrogation was ended. And, you know, I, I think it was I can't remember if it was Andy McCabe's book or if it was Comey's book. But there was, you know, there was a lot of discussion back in the day about 
effective interrogation techniques. And the FBI kind of had it down pat, right, with their, like you said, building a rapport, building some trust, nonviolent, non-torturous sort of uh, interrogation techniques versus the, the violent torture stuff, which yields little results. Can you talk a little bit more about your mm-hmm. understanding and, and experience with these these two very different kinds of techniques and, and why one is more effective than the other? I mean, I think it's kind of obvious, but I, I'd be really be interested in sort of the, the mechanics of it. Well, establishing rapport with a subject uh, is as old as, well, Jack Webb and Dragnet. <laughs> it, it works. Slapping people around, torturing them is, is not effective. It'll break students, let's say, you know, kids. But it's really meant as a tool of intimidation uh, by a dictatorship over, over people. And here's the thing that I also discovered in my conversations with Alex Gibney, the director of this film, that the CIA knew that torture was ineffective. It had done, uh, I, I talked also to Bob Bear. I checked this out with former CIA case officer Bob Bear. And he told me about a report that land, a very thick report that landed on his desk at CIA in 1985. And it was about Latin American torture programs and how they were ineffective. And that was not the best way to go with interrogations. The CIA, first of all, was not a major interrogating agency. It's not their thing. Their thing is intelligence gathering, not rounding up people and interrogating them. That's military and that's FBI. But here was this internal study in 1985 that was, as, as Baird put it, was widely circulated in the agency. Not only that, Alex Gibney pointed me to a formerly top secret hearing that the Senate Intelligence Committee had in 1983, in which they explored the CIA's ties to Hond- Honduran army interrogators who were torturing people. And the committee wanted to know how deep was the involvement with the Hondurans. And of course, the CIA, I looked at the hearing transcript, and a senior CIA official, the head of the operation by the name of Craig Stoltz, he testified to the committee, and this is 1983, that, of course, he said the CIA was not deeply involved with Hondurans. But he also said, and this is on the record, he said that the CIA had found that torture was ineffective and and even counterproductive. So there we go with internal widespread knowledge inside CIA that it just forgot about after 911 mm. and pursued a program of torture whose architect was a civilian psychologist who had never interrogated anybody. He had conducted counter interrogation programs for the military. That's the Mitchell guy, right? That's James Mitchell. And by the way, yeah. the film includes an extended interview with Mitchell. And he is so cold and calculating and prosaic in his defense of his methods that all I could think of, and I, uh, it's hard to say, he reminded me of Adolf Eichmann on trial in Israel. Eichmann was the architect of the final solution in Germany, of course, Nazi Germany. And, you know, he said, I did it because we were following orders. And all I could think of listening to Mitchell, or after I walked out of the theater, I thought, 
the joke that goes around. I only did it for the mortgage. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's sort of the the bone chilling stuff, right? Yeah, and and Gibney brings receipts too, like a lot of documentary receipts for like for example when uh, Tenet on sixty minutes, we do not torture, we do not torture. Nope, we don't torture, we don't torture anybody. But then there's emails with the subject line torture update, right? So it's like... Yeah, internal CIA emails referred to torture yeah. in, in, in the context of, uh, are we going to be able to defend ourselves against torture allegations? You mean, they, so they were admitting it was torture, and they were wondering how they could get the DOJ on board to say they wouldn't be prosecuted for torture. You know, again, a lot of this for people who follow it closely, you know, Old news. But in the way it's presented in this film, it's so startling and so fresh. Not only is it shocking anew, but it reminds us that this is not over. There are, Abu Zubaydah is still in prison in Guantanamo. The government's position, including under the Biden administration, says he can't even be allowed to testify in court about what was done to him. It's trying to block a case at the Supreme Court that would open that up. And there are many other prisoners still at Guantanamo who have not had their day in court. And you might say it's a monkey trial down there. But under our system, at least, people who are in our custody deserve a day in court. And these guys are not going to get it. Abu Zubaydah will almost certainly live out his life in prison in Guantanamo. Although he just last week, by the way, filed a motion to court saying, hey, you've declared the war in Afghanistan over. So let me out. Can you explain a little bit as to why, how the United States can hold prisoners who don't get the protections the Constitution affords everyone else in the justice system? How, how do they get around that? Well, that's a long and complicated story. <laughs> but they essentially said that the war on terrorism is something absolutely new. It's never been known in modern history. These are not soldiers who are, were rounding up their civilian clothes. You know, uh, they, they could say, well, traditionally, you know, operatives behind the line, spies have been shot on the battlefield. But of course, there was nothing really practiced in, in this kind of war. So uh, they just sort of invented this new category of uh, enemy combatant. Yeah. And they didn't want to bring them into jail because they didn't want to reveal the methods they had used, kidnapping and torture. Uh, so they wanted to keep them out of jail. Although, you know, we have tried terrorist upon terrorist successfully in New York courts, in federal court in New York. But Bush administration just really bollocked up the whole legal system by throwing these guys in Guantanamo and just keeping them forever. It's really a, a dark stain on our uh, legal system. Yeah. And we're not a signatory on the International Criminal Court either. So, you know, when people say send them to The Hague, we, we don't we don't do that either. <laughs> no, but but here's this ironic uh, bit of history is that we were really the originator of the Geneva Convention. We were behind that. Mm -hmm. But after 9-1-1, we sort of crossed out those passages in the Geneva Convention and said, we're going off, on, going off on our own now with our own rules. And we're stuck with them now. Yeah. 
We don't know what to do with these guys in Guantanamo. Some of them, uh, no doubt, would return to terrorist ways. Others, you could say, well, they're so old, they're, they, even if they wanted to, they, they really couldn't pick up the gun or the bomb again. But we're just in this forever war with these forever prisoners in Guantanamo. And uh, I don't know how it's going to be a real, but I, I just say, think people should catch this film, The Forever Prisoner, on HBO and have their eyes widened again on the subject. Right. Great idea. I'm going to be watching it for sure. Everybody, you can find this piece at spytalk.co and uh, that's spytalk.co. And uh, I encourage you to subscribe. Really incredible pieces have come out from that. You can find the podcast Spy Talk wherever you get your podcasts and at mswmedia.com. And uh, the documentary is called The Forever Prisoner. It's on HBO now. Uh, you can find it there on demand, probably on their app and all that other stuff. So thank you very much, Jeff Stein, for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Always great to be here. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Beans. Think about how many hours we spend sitting at our desks or watching TV. But what if you could turn those otherwise inactive times into opportunities to burn calories and get fit and stay mobile? That's exactly what you can do with QB, C-U-B-I-I. It's a compact elliptical unit that's quiet, whisper quiet. I'm using it right now and you can't even hear it. It fits easily under my desk so I can be pedaling and getting a workout while I'm sitting at my computer. Uh, so you have to check it out. It's it's easy on your joints. A recent clinical study confirms it helps burn 84% more energy than just sitting there. As we all say, I'd work out more if I had more time. Well, QB makes it easy to burn calories and stay active anytime and anywhere. And it's also perfect for anyone who might be housebound or otherwise needs something to help improve circulation and keep active. So if you have a parent or loved one who has limited mobility and needs a way to stay healthy, QB would be the perfect holiday gift this season. I love my QB. I know you will, too. Take advantage of QB's 30-day risk-free in-home trial and turn your least active times into your most productive opportunities to stay healthy. Visit QB.com slash beans to find the QB elliptical model that's right for you. That's QB, C-U-B-I-I dot com slash beans. And today's show is also brought to you by BetterHelp, providing professional online counseling. We can all use support in life. You know, my experiences with PTSD and anxiety have taught me that it's better to get help than to try to deal with problems alone. But asking for help can be tough. Taking that first step is hard. And that's why BetterHelp is awesome. They make it easy and convenient to ask for help. You can message your counselor anytime from anywhere in the world. You get timely, thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly meetings by phone or video. It's so convenient and it's more affordable than offline counseling. And they have financial aid too. And if you need to change your counselor, it's free and easy to do that. Visit BetterHelp's website and read some testimonials like this one from KA who says, Anna's not only knowledgeable, but provides so many options and she's attentive and not boring. I love that I feel like I'm talking to my friend and not necessarily someone who's checking a list or is impersonal. Lovely person. So visit betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash dailybeans. You can join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, holiday recipes, photos, Halloween photos, Thanksgiving photos, uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you do, whatever your holiday stuff is, we want to hear about it. Share it with us. You can send it in by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. And first up from Brian, pronouns he and him, correction-ish, the surname Terwilliger is a well-known name for me and my friends. It's the last name of Sideshow Bob on The Simpsons. Oh, Mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk, Ter- Bob, no, Robert 
Oderdonk Terwilliger. For pod tax, a collage of Olaf the therapy ferret. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, sadly, he had to cross the Rainbow oh. Bridge last week, but the library he read at had an outpouring of love. Uh, on their Facebook with all the kids he made I happy mean, during his life. He looks like a tiny polar bear. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so sweet. A therapy ferret who read at the library. I love it. Olaf. Perfect oh, name. Thank you for kicking us off with that. This next one's from Pete, pronouncing him. Allison, Dana, Amy, and the rest are all amazing and always make any given day's news better and more palatable. Whether I've been ignoring news and I... Sorry, I know you'll not let us miss any big deal events or if I've been overconsuming and you help to vent, process the shit. I feel like you ladies are to most news as John Oliver is to Colbert and other good late night hosts. Thank you for that. Yeah. Anyway, this is kind of a what the mutt. Now, through Miss Penny Lane is most likely a pure breed. Seeing if any of you can guess the breed. We adopted her from a lab. So she had debarked, she she debarked and was underweight when we first got her. They'd been testing diet pills on dogs in the lab. You gotta be oh fucking God. kidding me. <sighs> her bark sounded like a horrible smoker's cough, but over the years she persevered and sounds almost like a normal dog these days. She's with my nephew as a baby here and is still good friends with him, who, as you can see, is now eight and has grown into the flash at least a few times a week. You could probably guess from her name and face mask. She is very musical. Hope you enjoyed the cute pet pics. Happy holidays to all. Oh, my gosh. Look at that face. Oh, oh my God. The so second cute. picture. I know. Panda is her name, I'm guessing. Oh, it's got to be. She looks like a basset hound, but not a purebred basset hound. She's very musical. Is that supposed to be a clue for, for her name? She a bassoon hound. I'm just kidding. <laughs> is, is bassoon the, the masculine for basset hound? Is it a bassoon? I'm kidding. She looks like a, she's definitely a hound dog, right? Yeah. Like a beagle basset. Yeah. A bassoon hound. I like it. <laughs> Look at this kid, too. Look at this little chunk. I know. I love it. That's like a picture. Tuft of hair on the top. That's Oh, adorable. my goodness. Amazing. Thank you for that. Let us sit. You didn't give us your dog's name, so you have to write back and tell us what your dog's name is, Pete. My guess is Panda. All right. Next up from Jay, pronouns he and him. For the third time in four years, I find myself adrift job wise. Every time in the past, I kept going back to the same contract, just with different team setups. Luckily, this time, the company that I am with wants to keep me on board. So hopefully that works out. It just feels like such a departure after 21 plus years. Thank you, Allison, for your service and example. Dana, for the word excerpt, I have heard it both ways. My father was an English teacher and and probably would have said that it was an old English pronunciation. Thank you for your voice and your viewpoint. No. Thank you both for your humor and your swearing. I have a five-year-old, so I try try not to too much. But my dad was a Vietnam veteran. My mom's dad was a World War II vet. And I'm a computer programmer. So swearing is basic syntax. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. For my pick tax, I present my son, first Halloween and first winter, with his protector, Ella. Oh, boy. Look at the face. Oh, the third picture. Oh. Oh, I need a baby. (laughs) Send your babies to us at dailybeanspot.com and click on Dana Needs a Baby. No, we don't have that. (laughs) You can see my face right now. All right. Thank you for that. Oh, okay. This is for Matt. Pronouncing him. Hello, 
Leguminati, Allison, Dana, Amy, and the rest. First of all, thank you for all that you do. I've only been listening for the last couple of months, but I knew it was among fellow travelers when Allison dropped a random four rooms quote one episode. I got fucking problems, plural. (laughs) I've got problems, plural. (laughs) Love that movie. I wanted to pass along a thing for which I'm thankful, even though Thanksgiving has long passed for almost a year now. I've been in a job of which I'm appreciated and valued. I've been working in the restaurant business for 25 years now, and I'm sure I don't have to tell you that the pandemic has brought out the absolute fucking worst in people. When my state shut down in person dining back in March of 2020, I was let go the very next day. Instead of being smart and riding the unemployment train, my dumbass decided to help a friend out whose company needs managers. Now, this is what I found myself managing a Latin street food fast casual concept and starting on the day before the taco pop the taco apocalypse Cinco de Mayo <laughs> on Taco Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that is the taco apocalypse. That is amazing. Do you remember what this year Cinco de Mayo was on a Taco Tuesday? Yeah. It was this like a, the merging. For some people, it was Mecca. Without Which is, from doubt, what I understand, is the gay agenda. Yeah, oh, for sure. Tacos, brunch. That's what we do. Now, without a doubt, the two top hardest days in my career. I managed to last for nine months, nine more months, all the while being berated for asking people to wear a mask or when a staff member's mask slipped down beyond their nose because it's hot in a restaurant environment or because I had to ask a woman to not stand in an aisle so other customers could pass by her. Because, you know, social distancing. I've never witnessed so many grown-ass adults having a temper tantrum in my life. I eventually quit with no other job lined up because I couldn't take the stress anymore. A friend mentioned that local butcher shop that I had been patronizing for almost 10 years was looking for a chef, and I've been here ever since. My boss and the owner recognize my value and the contribution to the business, and some customers have said that the food is some of the best they've ever had. The best part is I have a small kitchen to myself. I don't have to manage anyone. I don't have to deal with the general public if I don't want to. I just make a list of things I need to accomplish for the week, and I put in my earbuds and listen to music and podcasts all day, which is how I found you lovely people. I'm so thankful for both the stress-free job and your podcast, which I start my day with every morning. I do ask that you please tell your listeners to be patient and be kind to people that work in restaurants to provide them food. It's a hard job in the best of circumstances, and it's been an absolute hellscape for the last almost two years. We're tired. We're tired. Please be kind. For pet tags, I've included pics of my dog, Dorje. Dorje. Sorry about that. Dorje. I got a pronunciation right after. It's a giant schnauzer. 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 Jesus. Schnauzer. Schnauzer. That's a big schnauzer. Uh, Schnauzer and Belgian uh, Melanois. (laughs) <laughs> oh, what a cool mix. Mix, yeah. He's truly one of a kind. He's my big fuzzy buddy and gets all sorts of compliments on his looks when we're out for a walk. He was born with cataracts, and now that he's almost 12, he doesn't see so well. But that doesn't stop him from chasing after his ball and even sometimes catching it midair. What a... Oh my Look God, at this, this little dog is sweet so cool. old man face. Per, little what I mean... This is a big dog. That's a gorgeous dog. Look at that personality. Look at that third picture. And I think, yeah, I think is that layer cake wine in the background? Yes, it is. It was a case Uh, at some point. Now it seems to hold something other than wine. I'm assuming that the owners have finished it. I wonder if Matt is single. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's like wine and a big fuzzy buddy. Like, come on. That's amazing. (laughs) This is so we should do. We should do a. 
matchmaking here. Oh I'm my like, God. Being... Please let me. Do you understand that swiping from my friends is one of my favorite pastimes? I'm so good at it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you have an adoptable pet or if you're adoptable. If you're adoptable, let us know. You can send that into us. Uh, and we'll oh my God. A... This is brilliant. You can send in a picture and say that you're single. We'll put it in the next newsletter. And if there's any <laughs> eligible bachelor, bachelorettes or non-binary Bachelorettas, I have no idea what the non-binary is for bachelor, bachelorette. Bachelor X. Bachelor X. That's kind of brilliant. I hope it's not offensive. <laughs> no. But right, it was kind of brilliant. Too. Yeah. Thank but, you. Because that was kind of brilliant on the spot. This is this would be super fun. Mm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Could be also very, very bad. <laughs> I mean, for them, not us. This is gonna right. be amazing. <laughs> oh, it's great for us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Next up, and I think this is our last one from Kelly. No pronouns. And if the relationship given. works, I'd set you up. If it doesn't, it was AG's fault. It was me. Yeah, okay. I'm the I'm the problem. Okay, I fully accept responsibility for that, <laughs> having been freshly divorced. All right, Kelly. No pronouns. Hey there, ladies. First and foremost, you all rock. Thank you. I'm a Canadian and would like to boast about local a local company that's doing so many good things. The company is Chapman's Ice Cream. I'm already in love with it. And it's based near me in South Ontario. Not only do they give to their community by funding their town high school, but they try to encourage their employees to get vaccinated and they're paying for the tests of the unvaccinated. To make it very fair, the vaccinated are getting an extra dollar per hour to pay to make up for the money they are spending on the unvaccinated, not to mention making it an incentive to get vaccinated. That's such a good idea. It is. I'm so impressed with this company. I've been buying extra ice cream. Really not good for my waistline, but you know, I have to support such a great company. Yes, you have to, Kelly. In other great news, I can get my booster in 10 days. Woohoo. My mom turns 80 in April. I'm really hoping my brother can get here from Chicago, but we want us all safe and vaccinated. For my pet tax, my rescue puppy, Jetta, that is four. She was found in a plastic bag (gasps) on the side of the road. I hate people sometimes. What the fuck, right? So I had to give her a loving home and she's completely spoiled. Oh, thanks for all you do to keep us informed with swears. Look at oh, love that face. <laughs> what a honey. That brindle pup is beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly, for saving that baby. I'm sure that baby has saved you as well. Hmm. That and the, sh- the fuzzy schnauzer. My goodness. Should have a play date. Should. And this baby. I can't stop looking at that baby. I know. So cute. Smile. And the hound dog with the baby. He's now <laughs> eight and spider. No, Flash. It's amazing. Thanks for everything. <laughs> and thanks for sharing the, the therapy ferret, too. I love ferrets so much. My really good friend, Heike, has one. I love those. Uh, well, this has been wonderful. And it was a busy news day. There's going to be a lot this week, I have a feeling. So everybody buckle in. We'll bring it to you with swears, with appropriate profanity and snark and humor. Dana. I do have a final thought, and it's something to think about. Maybe we'll cover it in the in the upcoming episodes. But now that the former guy has admitted publicly again that he fired Comey, why the fuck hasn't he been charged with obstruction of justice? That's my mm-hmm. final thought for today, and hopefully we will visit it in the future. You know what's really fun, though? You know what's really fun? That perhaps him saying that today extends the statute of limitations. Oh, <laughs> that would be delightful. I, I don't know. I don't know if talking about your crime in the past keeps it alive, statute of limitations wise. I'll have to ask a lawyer. That's a good question. But yeah, he definitely needs to bring uh, be brought up on obstruction of justice charges. If the D.C. U.S. attorney, who is brand new, he just got there November 5th, if he doesn't do this, they will be derelict in their duty yep. to the rule of law. It's a public confession. 
they have a public confession. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I mean, he he did it on Lester Holt too. You know, yeah. I fired Comey because of the Russia, the whole Russia thing, Russia. <laughs> and they have it all served up beautifully. They have it all served up beautifully in volume two of the Mueller report. It's all there. Four of the 10. Just do it. Although I'm not sure that the Comey firing met the three criteria for criminal obstruction of justice but the mcgann shit certainly does and so and you know he he testified in congress today that case was closed yeah that two and a half long two and a half year long case trying to get mcgann's testimony they closed it it was dismissed because they got his testimony earlier this year in a victory for the house judiciary committee and hopefully maybe somewhere there's a grand jury in dc and maybe Molly Gaston is asking questions to McGann. That'd be delightful. Yeah, to that'd be delightful. Somewhere. Those are my final thoughts. Ruminate on them, will you, people? Good final thought. And yeah, we can keep legitimate, constructive pressure on the Department of Justice as long as we're not saying that, you know, Mitt, they, it was installed by Mitch to protect Trump or whatever the fuck. No, I just saying. can't. I yeah. I can't. I can't. And uh, thanks, too, to Glenn Kirshner for the shout out on his uh, Sunday video about all the president's lackeys. It's going to be fun. Anyway, we're going to see what happens tomorrow. It's probably going to be a bunch of shit. I don't know. But we're deep into the heavy subpoenas now at the January 6th committee. It's getting along about time. We should start hearing about some federal investigations into the coup. But we'll see. I think so. And so, A.G., while we're doing this, what should we do? What should we do? While we're doing this, while we're facing all this news? Yep. You got any uh, advice? Let me think. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.